What's up, guys? This is Evan, and you're listening to the second episode of the Over the Moon podcast. If this is your first time here, I want to welcome you guys. Uh, if this is your second time back, because I've only made two podcasts, uh, thank you for returning and listening once again, being a part of the community. And just um, if you haven't already, first time listeners, if you haven't already listened to the first episode, then I would definitely encourage you to go back and um, just listen to that and. So you can kind of get a picture of what we're going to be talking about. Um, and like I said in the first part, I it is going to be very loose as far as topic-wise. I want to keep it kind of organic and kind of flowy. But I do want to have some sort of structure as far as some things that we, I really want to talk about surrounding the topics that I had listed in that first episode. Um, but as far as this one goes, I, I really just wanted to give kind of an intro of my understanding of how Christianity and a Christian is supposed to fit into the business world. And I use the term fit in loosely because really um, more integrate into it because we are trying to not be molded by the norms of uh, the business world, whether that be in the nursing field, you're an entrepreneurial kind of guy. Um, maybe you're, you are in corporate America or you're in the church, wherever it is, it, it, I don't, I, it's not, sometimes the mindsets that you walk into and the way things have been done isn't always necessarily the best. And there are times uh, in which you can kind of speak into that maybe, but um, depending on your level of coming into the, the workforce, um, but you also just have to be aware of what you're getting into. Some of that's just you'll learn with exposure. And I hope some of it you guys can learn from today um, and just in future podcasts, because I feel like a lot of people go through really harder times than they should. And uh, some of that can be prevented. Um, I know that could probably be said about my own life too, if someone took an outside perspective of my own life. So really what I'm trying to do is just help you guys out. And if you guys have any feedback as far as what you've learned or uh, challenges as far as what I'm saying. I'd, I'd love to hear that. Um, and so really what I wanted to talk about today was kind of, um, like I said, the intro, but specifically I want to talk about cultural noise and how in that first episode we talked about um, the three topics of uh, your social life, your home life, and then your work life. And I think that if you look at those three together, um, they have, they play off each other, right? I think that you always hear the saying, good business starts at home, right? So if your home life is good and your relationship with your wife or your husband is good or um, whatever it may be, your your parents, whatever it is, um, I think when that relationship is solid and your relationship with the Lord is good, then you your sphere of influence will start genuinely having a massive impact. Um, and it's not just, you know, and you start thinking of, am I a indispensable employee? You know, you're going to get into some of these companies that really they don't look at you as much. You know, you're just another person that's coming in and doing the job that someone else could easily do. Um, and that's how they're going to look at you more than likely. Um, I think there's ways around that as far as your work and the things that you're willing to do. 
um, because there's people that have been in those companies a long time and they haven't done anything new and they're not, uh, they may be doing their job okay. It's just they've been there for a long time and they're kind of a institution of the company. So they're not more than likely going to get fired or anything like that. Um, and I think that you can make a genuine impact in some scenarios. I'm not saying come in there and act like you own the world and try and fix everything and solve everything and, and you know, just try and be bossy and, and try and just weasel your way into everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just be an impact in your sphere of influence. Sometimes it's the little things. Like sometimes it's just going to work and saying hi to someone who doesn't get um, a lot of people saying hi to them. And it's something very simple as that. That's kind of something you've heard your whole life. I saw, it was a couple of weeks back now, but I saw on Facebook, there was uh, all those posts going out about, you know, people going back to school. And one of them was talking about if you, uh, it was kind of like a, a, a letter from a parent to like a kid. And it was saying like, if you see someone who's not really being um, treated nice or whatever, or they don't have a lot of friends or no one really talks to them, like, they were saying to the kid, like, go up and talk to them, like, be their friend and, you know, engage with them and not out of pity, but out of love, like compassion and, and saying, I love you. I want you to feel valued and, and treasured just as Christ loves us. And they'll see that in the midst of that. They may not understand it maybe as a fifth grader, but they'll still understand it from a human concept of like, they'll feel that they'll feel that connectivity and they'll say, okay, you know, I think like they'll probably be blown away more than likely depending on the scenario right but i think either way regardless of their reaction you need to be in there and be loving on people in it so that the concept transfers to later in life too it's not just hey you're in school talk to these people it's if you see someone at work go up and talk to them like obviously unless you're like working whatever like don't don't do that. But I think even, you know, there's times and places if someone is genuinely hurting and you just ignore them because oh, I got to do my work. That's not, you're not caring about the human being. You're, you're hardwired from a system that cares only about product rather than seeing, um, seeing value in the human being. And I think that, um, there's different environments that, that, um, do better at that. And, um, some don't, <laughs> I think that, uh, you'd expect some to be really good at it. And then you find out maybe they're not right. And these are just kind of some things that you learn about along the way. Just even in my short time of being in the, uh, the working field, let's just call it that instead of the business field, the working field, you I found that there's, I thought that I would have a better experience at certain places because of what they were. And in reality, I just didn't. So you'll, you'll start to pick up on certain things and maybe you'll, you you did not really think you'd have a good experience in one place because of what it was. And then it turns out that place was better than the other place, even though you would think it would be better at the other, at the first place, if that made sense. Um, it's just, it's crazy. Like you just start learning all the stuff. If you're, you're attentive and you're, you're seeing the world around you. And I think that's another big thing as a leader, you're supposed to, um, as you go into the workforce, you are a leader regardless of your, your role, right? If, if you're a Christ follower, your job, your, your role is to lead. You're leading the people around you. And I think that 
a lot of people don't don't take that in consideration because they're like, oh, you know, a leader is someone who's above me. And it's like, no, like Christ was a leader and he humbled himself and was below the, the disciples and below the people and saying, I love you, wash your feet, that whole thing. Like he humbled himself and was still a leader. Like, and I think we live out that leader role and should live it out on a daily basis. And I think part of that is living in a open, open eye reality. And what I mean by that, it's, it, it's kind of a funky way of saying that. But what I mean by that is just having the eyes for the other over ourselves. And I think a lot of times, depending on your job, it's very easy to get fixated. It's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, but it's very easy to be fixated on you, your role, your task, your needs, what you're getting out of something, especially when the world touts all that and says, your your value isn't very much unless you can give me value. Um, and even then, I'm just kind of like using your using your connections, your value, whatever, for my gain, my benefit. And it may not be something that they necessarily specifically say, but in reality, that's what they're doing. I was reading um, something by Ken Coleman. And he was talking about you shouldn't really go to these networking events because in reality, they're not trying to you know, he says what you should do is go to someone and go to someone that you look up to, whether it's in the community or at the church or a friend, whatever it is, and just go to them and say, listen, I like what you're doing. I like what you stand for. I like what your company stands for. How can I be involved? How can I fit your needs? What can I do to serve you? Not from a standpoint of, oh, I'll serve you to get something out of it. It's how do I serve you? How do I make an uh, an impact on you? How do I love you the way Christ loves us? And Ken Coleman was saying that in these networking events, you have people that aren't doing that. They're, they're looking out for their needs. They go, they walk up to you more than likely to ask and figure out if they can be served by you um, and how their needs could be met by you. Or they're, they're saying, they're trying to figure out what you do so then they can um, kind of promote themselves in order to um, serve their needs, which is, you know, doing whatever. And I, it's, it may be a, um, a topic up for debate because I could see it maybe from both perspectives in that. But I think, I think altogether he's right in that most people are out for their best interest. And I think that's the main point of it in that people are so self-focused and um, trying to figure out how they can better, like better promote themselves to make them look good and, you know, keep them rolling. And I think that's just the American culture we live in too, of, of that it's about self-promotion and how, how look at basically how amazing I am kind of thing, whether we say that or not, that's ultimately what we end up proving and showing in a lot of ways. And, um, and I think that, so back to what I was saying of like, just really having an eye for another, um, having those, that open vision to just see around us and not just, not that, that vision doesn't just stop at how can I love others? But I think, at least for me, I'm a very, um, I like when I'm at an airport, I love, 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 love people watching. Not in a creepy way, not a weird way, but I just love observing different people and like 
trying to figure them out, right? I love figuring out how people tick. I love it. It's so interesting to me. And I just, I like to see people interact in different ways. Um, for instance, there was a, <laughs> it's kind of a goofy example, but there was, I was sitting down at my gate one time in an airport and this older couple was like sitting across from me and the, the lady was sitting down she looked like a sweet old lady. And then I was trying to figure out her out and she seemed like really sweet, you know, just kind of doing her own little thing and you know how sweet like old ladies are and she was doing her thing and I was like, oh man, she's so, she's so cute. Like she reminds me of my grandma and then her husband comes up with food and she snaps and I was like, huh? And she, <laughs> like, she, she looks in the bag and just snaps on her husband. She's like, are you kidding me, Ron? Or something, I can't remember his name, but he, she's like, are you kidding me? You forgot this? And he's like, no, I got it right here. Like, calm down, baby. And and she's like, oh, okay, okay. And I was just like, I did not expect that. Out of <laughs> it was just so unexpected. And it's just, it's so it's interesting to to look at how different people interact and try and figure them out. You won't always do it perfectly like I just pro- I just proved. But it's interesting to try and figure that out and try and get people in order to um, to love them better and to lead them better. And I think as a leader within any role that you're in, whether it be you're actually in a management role where you have people under you, I think that would be a, a huge benefit of just seeing, figuring these people out, studying them in a way that it's like, um, it's like, uh, it's same concept, a little different, obviously, but like. Um, I remember, what was it? It's that old like Christian, Christian movie. It was like one of those cheesy, cheesy Christian movies. Um, but it was good, obviously. But like, I, I don't think it was fireproof, but it might have been. Um, it was like a one about like uh, the guy who was like going through a divorce with his wife, and then his dad likes talks to him or something. But I can't remember if it was that one. But anyways, they were talking about how you have to study your wife and you don't just stop with one degree. You keep getting a high school, a college, a, a, a graduate, and you keep learning them. You keep understanding them. And you do that to better understand how to love them and to care for them as Christ loves and cares for the church. And I think it's the same concept in a little bit of a different twist, but very similar of the people you work with, you love them and you study them and you care about them in order to love and, and care about them and and manage them well. Because different people, uh, people are, are very different. So you have to understand them, how they tick, what's best for them um, within the confines of you know the company and what they're trying to promote and things like that. And um, just... I think that uh, that's such a key thing of, I mean, it's probably, it's really baseline 101 leadership development type stuff of just learning your employees, learning the people you work with and learning how to make that impact because it doesn't always have to be this grandiose thing where you're just charging in there and just saving the day kind of thing and just blowing everything up for the better. It could just be these small little incremental, like tiny minute things that you're doing every day or or they could be making impact or they don't or people don't appreciate them or they or they do it it doesn't at the end of the day what you're doing is you're doing your best to love others and i think that um the more you grow in the lord the easier that will be um so i think just 
living beyond the cultural noise of just being bogged down in your own muck and mud and, and having an eye for the other, loving the people around you, studying them, learning them, seeing how you can make an impact on them and lead them well through that, whether that be just by your own actions. I remember one of my, uh, or several of my old professors in college said, um, you, your job coming out of here is not to get the biggest and best job you can, you can get coming out of college. If you're, if you're a janitor coming out of college, you be the best janitor in that company. You be the best by far and you exceed all expectations because that's what a Christian does. They work hard and they do it for the Lord. Um, and I think it's the same thing of like you, sometimes you're just your work ethic is, is in the way you work or the way you think about certain things has an impact on the culture around you in, in your business context um, or whatever field you're in. And people start taking notice of that. I mean, I've, I've been at the company I've been at for a very short time and it's not a Christian company. Um, and people have, have taken, I'm not trying to self, like, I'm not trying to boast here, but I'm just, I'm just saying like people have already taken notice of the way I work and the way I treat people and the patience I have for, for customers and things like that. And they, they say something about it. So I think little things like that add up and it makes a difference. And then they start questioning maybe, it may not be right away, but it may be something that is kind of planted in their mind and it hits them later. And they're like, man, there was, there was something different about him. Like I, I want to figure that out. I want to go talk to him or it may be not as sweet of a story as that. Maybe it's a little choppier. I don't know, but either way, you're planting that seed and trying to churn that soil up in those people and, and showing them there is something different about me. I'm not just going into the business world and being this cultural chameleon that adapts and just merges into the, my surroundings and just kind of molds to the way everyone else is doing things. I think there are procedures and, pro, and processes that in some circumstances and, and many probably need to be followed within the corporation or company or, or the, the hospital or nursing field, whatever it is. Um, but... I think you aren't supposed to just go in and, like I said, just kind of be absorbed into everyone else and not not make an impact and not have shed some sort of light for Christ. And once again, I, I want to emphasize, none of this is for your own glory. And I think that's a very, very scary and easy trap to get into of kind of this self-promotion, like I was saying earlier, and kind of this self-boasting of man, look how good I am or look how, look how different I am or look how, look at me basically. (laughs) And, and that's such an easy trap to get into because you're initially, you may be starting to do it, you know, just because you love God and you want to give him the glory. And sometimes you get tripped up and you kind of get that mindset of, man, I'm so good. And, and then you get humbled or maybe you don't, but you just need to keep that mindset and run that race of, of knowing that this is for God's glory, regardless of what you do, it is for God's glory. And um, I think when that is at the forefront of your focus, your mentality changes because if you truly love the Lord, your, your mentality completely shifts into this is for God. Like 
This isn't for me. I may be tired. I may be beat up, but I'm doing this for God. I'm not doing it to impress him because he already loves me, but I'm doing it because I want to worship him through my work, through what I do, because I want people to see him through me. Um, and I think that that really shows up, you know, like I, I've been saying that, but I think people see that and they, they take notice of it. So I would really challenge you guys just to do some self-reflecting or, you know, talk to other people and people that you can trust and that people that will genuinely speak life into you and say, listen, wh what, what do you think about how I'm doing this or really try and do some, uh, inward, inward thinking on that and, and really ask the Lord to go to him and say, you know, can you do surgery on any part of me right now? Are there things that I am lacking in that I think you need to be, um, or that I need to really kind of just give up to you, Lord. And, um, and that's a tough place to be in. That's a, that's a place of humility and just saying like, I'm, I can't do this. And I, I have a, a, a deep understanding that I need you, Lord. But I think sometimes getting to that place is incredibly difficult. Um, cause we can say it all day, right? It's, it's very easy to say, but sometimes understanding that you, you have a need for that is really difficult. And I think that's when people in your life come into play. Cause a lot of times we're walking around with one eye closed as far as what we actually do and how we do it. And a lot of times we think we're doing what's best. And in reality, it's not. Um, and I think that that's a huge, uh, that's a whole different, never mind. That's a whole different story. I'm not even going to get into that right now. I'm sorry. I just teased you guys on not even saying it, but a lot of people get, I'll just say this. A lot of people get stuck in their ways and that's because they think they've figured out how to do it. Um, and then the Lord's like, dude, what? <laughs> he humbles them and says, that's just not it, man. Like, that's just not it. And uh, people get very stuck in how they do things. And then um, people around them feel that usually because they'll take it out on the people around them. Anyways, that's a whole different story. Uh, maybe we can get into that in one of the other episodes. I want to probably cover that at some point. But so, well, with that being said, actually, um, talking about, you know, people around you and things like that, I think another massive, massive part of being a leader is just accountability, right? You have these blind spots as you're walking through the day and you, you're not always completely self-aware to those things. And I think there's people in your life and there should be... so. Let me preface that. First of all, there should be, I'll talk about this later in the kind of the community aspect I talked about uh, as one of the topics in the first episode, but one of the things that you definitely need is a strong community. Um, my dad talks about having like a micro community. That's kind of his coined term. And it's basically just saying that you need a close group of guys it's, or girls, whatever you are, um, who are going to pour into you and who know you and aren't just going to be your cheerleader, but are so devoted for God's plan and design for your life that if they tell you that um, the grass is blue, you're going to listen to them because you have no reason not to because they're so devoted to your best interests. And I think that can be incredibly scary, but I think that 
if other people are pursuing the Lord in the way they should and constantly in that loop, that's a very idealistic way of looking at um, community. But I think that in reality, it should be something that is very common and very easy to do in, in a lot of ways um, because it's a, it's a constant loop. You know, if you're, if they're dealing with something, they loop it through the community. If you're dealing with something, you loop it through the community. It's just constantly helping and impacting and loving and cultivating a system that is churning out, uh, churning out the ability to uh, be more like Christ in each of the people's lives. And it doesn't have to be this, this set group. You know, if your friend has you in their community, but not the rest of your community in there. It doesn't have to involve everyone. It's just each person should have their community. And a lot of times it may overlap and things like that. But ultimately, what you have is accountability. And these people are pouring into your life saying, dude, what are you doing? Because a lot of times people are just like, I don't want to get called out for my own crap, right? I don't want that because then that makes me feel like junk. And then I'm not validated as the person I am when in reality, you're validated in Christ because Christ died for you. And that's all that should matter. And that the fact that people are, are not like condemning you and not like judging you, but ultimately are making a judgment on the things that you are doing. I feel like people should have that free reign on on your life if you're in a tight tight knit community or family or whatever it is and saying dude what are you doing like because who else is like who else is going to call you out on that right other than a random stranger might and then and then god but that's that's just between you and god i think there needs to be that sense of community and um i think that's why god created community for us was to have that fellowship to have that tight group of People that are just going to be like, dude, you're crazy and you need to switch it up. <laughs> Maybe not as, as harsh or whatever in that terms, but you know, in a loving way, go to them and say, hey man, I, I, I've seen some of the things and we've really talked, tried to talk about this with you. I mean, my, my wife is about to do this with some of uh, a group of friends she's in and she's about to go to one of them and just be like, hey, we've tried to talk to you about this and it's not working here's kind of what's going on and here's what how this doesn't really line up with scripture and what we claim to be and what are we going to do about that because we can't just say oh you know like ah, it's fine whatever they're just that way and we just have to be okay with that because at the end of the day you're just enabling dysfunction and you're just enabling that mindset and that's something that they will carry with them down the down the down the down the down the road that was weird how i just did that but anyways you get the point down the road, they'll carry that and they'll, they'll have that for that. And I'm not saying it's your job to save them and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it is our job to love them. And I think that takes stepping out of our comfort zones and, and coming to someone and saying, Hey man, that's crazy. And we've been talking to you about this for a while and it hasn't changed. And what are we going to do about it? Because we love you and we care. That's, that's the difference though. If you didn't love them, you wouldn't go to them and you wouldn't care about them and you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't even approach it in the first place because you would be in a mindset of, ah, it's just whatever. That's just kind of who they are. And I think that that can be applied within the community of, of, 
of work too, of like, you see someone in the, like I did this the other day, you know, I, I, one of my last jobs, there was a lot, a lot of gossiping going on. And in this job, I was just like, dude, I'm not going to put up with you this time. Last job, I was kind of like, eh, you know what? This time, this time around, no way. So what I did is first person that comes up to me and does that, I'm just like, dude, I don't want to hear it. Go talk to him. Like, you're talking bad about someone else. Like, he's, he's like, right over there. Go talk to him, right? <laughs> I don't need to hear this. This doesn't benefit you. I didn't say all of this, but this is basically what I'm thinking. This doesn't be- benefit you, doesn't benefit me, doesn't benefit the guy, doesn't benefit the culture. You're perpetuating a culture that is dysfunctional, like I was saying earlier. And I'm just like, dude, go talk to him. I don't, this isn't, I don't need this. I didn't say it that, that abruptly and that sternly, but I'm just like, man, I think you should really go talk to him about it um, because you shouldn't really be saying it to me. Like if you have a problem with how he's doing it, tell him so then he can fix it and then the system works better, right? Because <laughs> if you see something that someone else is doing wrong, don't just be quiet, you know, like help him out or go to someone that will help him out. You know, say they're like a new employee or something. And someone's been there for a couple of years and they know the ropes. Don't just sit back and be like, ah, you know what? They're new, whatever. Help them fix it, figure it out because they're just going to keep doing it wrong. And then they're going to get in trouble. Like you be the person that goes to them and say, I I had, I I did this the other day. Um, I did something wrong and I didn't know about it. I had one of my managers come up to me and say, Hey man, uh, there's just a new rule that you can't do this. And, um, and it's kind of been a thing for a while, but like corporate's really been hounding us on it and I'm not going to get you in trouble. Um, uh, but you, uh, normally you would have to move it. Um, and, uh, he's like, man, I, I moved it for you, but just letting you know, this is the last time. Like, um, it's not like I had been putting it there a bunch of times, but it was just, he's like, this is the last time before, like, if someone else finds it, they might like get you have to write you up and get you in trouble. And I'm like, see, that's the way to do it. Like, you don't just, you don't just let it be right. You fix the problem. You actively seek to fix it. And I think that builds camaraderie and whether they are upset that you are calling them out on something or not, that's not on you because ultimately if they can't take that, that's, First of all, that's sad and they should figure it out. But second of all, it's like I said, it's just it's just enabling the mentality that they can just keep doing things wrong. Um, And then if they keep doing things wrong, then, you know, they're going to get in trouble and you're going to have to tell someone about it or whatever. If it's a serious thing or you just talk to them, you know, like be like, hey, man, I I noticed you're still doing this. Like, how can we fix this together? Like, how can we collaborate and solve this issue because I don't want to see you get in trouble and I don't want to have to keep having that on my conscience of man he's he's still doing that come on um so I think that's that's a huge thing within leadership that people need to be aware of that you are not um you're not supposed to save these people but you're supposed to love them um you're you're supposed to love them regardless if if they love you or not Um, I had a friend that, uh, there's this person at their work and they're just not being very nice to most people around them. 
And that friend is kind of like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess with them. Like, I, it's not my job to fix them. And I'm like, it's not, but it is your job to love them. And sometimes that requires you actively seeking them out and loving them in a way that is like, Hey man, I, I saw this, uh, I've been seeing this and I really think that, uh, you got to switch some stuff up. I know I'm being very vague in these examples. I just don't want to give in too much information, but like, They'll just be like, I, you know, I, I saw this and I, I, I care about you enough to say, hey, man, I, I really want you to fix this or this has been a, a serious issue. Um, and they saw it. They're like, yeah, I, you know, I probably should talk to them and and uh, and do that. But it's tough, you know, because it's just like, I don't I don't want to have to deal with that. Like, I got my own stuff to do during the day. Like, I, I know at my work, I got all this stuff to get done. Right. And I'm always feeling like I'm swimming in it. I never feel like I'm actually caught up or some days even accomplishing anything. And let alone, why, how do I have the time to invest in other people? Come on. But no, you have to die to that, that mentality of, yes, you have to get your work done. But that doesn't mean you're not making an impact on other people in certain ways. And like I said... You're not, you don't need to go out there every day and just hit a home run. Sometimes you're just hitting bunts. But either way, come on. <laughs> Put your best effort in there because you're doing it for the Lord. The work is for Him. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And if, like I said, if that's at your forefront of what you do, there will be drastic and serious changes. Um, and so with that, I also want to talk about... Um, Kind of what I was saying earlier of like, sorry, I'm clicking around on my computer, but um, I think that what I was saying earlier really needs to be emphasized again of like understanding how people communicate um, and understanding how they work and who they are um, and either as a man or a woman and how, understanding how that impacts people around you and how can you possibly change that if it's a negative thing or if it's a, you know, if it's a positive thing, use them as an example. Say you're in a leadership role as far as like a, you're in a management role and you see someone who's killing it, right? You bring over the people maybe that aren't killing it or you use them to teach the other people who aren't killing it and you step into their role for a day while they go coach the other person. Like you're not above um, doing stuff below you at all. <laughs> like you say you're the owner of a company. That doesn't mean you're not doing janitorial roles sometimes. Like, come on, man, step into it. Like that's the mark of a good leader. Like you're doing what needs to get done because you want, you want people around you to be benefited by that. Um, and you you know that that that's the kind of culture you're trying to push forth. Right. Um, and I think that, um, like people really need to understand, um, man, it's just like most people, man, I just, I sit back and think like, I'm trying to process in my brain, like how my day to day life goes about. And people are just so, so not getting that of like, I feel like they're just stuck in this, like, I'm saying like a lot, <laughs> but 
but they're stuck in this um, like complaining culture almost that really is rampant across probably most businesses so much to like they don't understand how to have conversations and like make good impact around them because they're so fixated on complaining about their job and complaining about certain things that they don't just do it right or they don't make that change they don't talk to someone about it because they're too scared about figuring figuring out a better way of doing it they'd rather just complain and just perpetuate their madness like I, I've been at this company for a little while now and I've, I've seen it tons, whether it be people that have been here for years or people that haven't, they're already getting into it. And I feel like I'm starting to slip into it because I'm like, man, this stuff is crazy. And I don't want to be that. I, I'll be the first to say I'm not perfect on a lot of the things I'm talking about, but man, it's tough not to get into that sometimes of just like, Sometimes it is, it's easier just to complain about it and not like go help someone who's struggling with some, something or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that's just, like I was saying earlier, that's just about creating that, that culture of, are we going to just let this be a gossip and complaining and um, whatever culture, or are we going to make it one where we're solving and figuring out ideas and pushing that forward and being the best we can be? while loving people the way they should be loved, um, whether they deserve it or not. Um, and there's, you know, there's conflicting ideologies and worldviews in the mix of that because it isn't a Christian company. And even, even if it was, people's grasp of that isn't necessarily the best most times. And I, like I said, I'm not perfect at it either. But I think that if, you're, if your mentality of the culture is designed around that, then it has a traumatic impact whether it's just at that store or whether that's your central location or whatever it is it just has a huge huge impact on everything and i feel like there's keywords that i keep saying like impact culture chant like these things that i just say like a thousand times and like a thousand times in this podcast episode but i do not care <laughs> as long as you guys are getting the gist of what i'm trying to say um, but I think that, uh, man, I just feel like people aren't, they're not seeking, uh, those genuine friendships too. Like what I was saying earlier, this kind of ties into what I was just saying of like, they're not seeking those genuine friendships because, um, it's just kind of like a cheerleader mentality friendship of like, man, this other person is. Uh, is complaining as much as I do about certain things. And then you connect on that. It's like, I don't want to connect on that. Like if that maybe get, you know, I don't want to connect on the fact that I'm whining about my job. Like I just want to do my job. I want to get there and, and I want to connect with you because you're a human being and I love you and I want to connect with you. I don't want to connect with you on a complaining basis. And I feel like a lot of people are doing that. They'll find cheerleaders rather than people that are more of like an iron sharpening iron. These people that are been there for 20 years or whatever and they're just kind of stuck in that complaining cycle or maybe they're not and they're just killing it right those are the people you need to get at and just be like yo man i want to be around you i want to learn from you as much as possible um and um there's probably a lot of different scenarios in each of the companies or or locations that you guys are working in 
But I would really challenge you, man, I can't talk now. I'd really challenge you guys to think outside of your daily norms. Um, and not to say that all of them are negative or bad or whatever, but um, because I know, not fully, but because I know what I know about human nature, um, we get stuck. We get complacent. We get okay with what we've done and been doing. And um, that's when we lose sight a lot of times of what God's calling us to do on a daily basis. It's not this big grandiose calling, this huge massive thing where we're hitting slam home runs every day. It's these small things that we miss. And God's like, dude, (laughs) you're trying to run through this and I'm trying to walk. And I think that's another thing about what I was saying earlier about cultural noise of just like so much in our culture is about running and it's about speed. It's about right, right now, right now. Let's do it right now. Come on, let's go get this done. Let's go right now. And that has built up in us a need for speed. (laughs) Because we don't know how to slow down and just take life for what it is and enjoy rest and enjoy the Sabbath, you know, just take rest for yourself. We are a very, very, very busy culture, which has led us into even more of that reality of I got to go. I got to be doing something all the time, all the time. And we forget to just walk with the Lord. So we try and run. We try and go. We try and go fast. And then we start questioning, is God really like, is he doing something in my life right now? Like, because we, we're trying to run and he's walking. And we're like, come on right now. Let's bring this on. Like, I, I don't want to wait. We get spoiled. That's what it is. It's a spoiled kid at a toy store yelling at his parents saying, I want the toy right now. I don't want to wait for Christmas. It's the same thing. God's like, dude, you're waiting for Christmas. And we're like, I don't want to. And it's like January and we got to wait the whole year or we got to wait 10 years because that's just how it's going to be. And we have to be okay with that. But most people aren't because we've been just hardwired into a culture of speed. We think we deserve it right now. And that's a whole nother topic too of we think we deserve these things when in reality we're promised nothing. It's kind of like happiness, right? So much in this culture and and so much in our day and age now talks about happiness and that you deserve this happiness. And if you don't have it, you should find it by whatever means that is. And that is a load of doo-doo, especially in the Christian world, right? Where... Go in the Bible, just open your Bible, wherever you want to do it, whether it be Bible Gateway online somewhere or your physical Bible or your little app on your phone. Find where it says that you are promised happiness by God. Now, you find joy in the Lord. That's true. But where does he promise you happiness in this life? Right? Look at the disciples. They suffered for years. Jesus suffered on the cross. Right? When were we promised that happiness? When were we promised money? When were we promised 
items or a big house or a family. Yikes, right? None of that was promised to us. What was promised was that Christ would die for us, and he did. And that's sufficient, and that's sometimes very tough to grasp, even though it shouldn't be, right? I think a lot of people don't talk about that because it's like, oh, you said that? Like, shoot. But it's tough sometimes to be understanding that Christ is sufficient when a big tragedy is going on. I remember a couple of years back, um, my sophomore year, my parents were getting a divorce. And I was sitting there thinking, man, this is rough, right? I was trying to get through college. I already had a hard time in high school. Now, I transitioned into college. And I didn't ever think I was going to go to college because how I did in high school, right? Got picked on, didn't do good in school, all this stuff. Um, didn't really go to school that much anyways. Transitioned into college, finally get in there. And I'm like, okay, first First year was a little rough academically and probably in a lot of other ways too. Well, it actually was in a lot of ways. But I'm like, okay, we got through the freshman year. Grades are starting to go up. GPA is rising. Sophomore year kicks in. Get about half. Well, it was like it was like halfway through the second semester of my sophomore year. And I'm cruising, right? My grades are going up. I'm feeling good. I'm starting to grow in the Lord. I'm making really good friends. And I had good friends freshman year too, but I made more, right? And then I get blindsided by that. How, how tough is it in tragedy and sometimes even in the good times to realize that Christ is sufficient? But he is. And the sooner and the harder we try and refocus and reemphasize that in our own hearts and speak that truth to our our hearts daily because it's so easy for our hearts to just be like, yo, man, nah, that that whole Jesus thing, not sufficient. Nope. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it, right? It's tough, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say I got it all figured all the time. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's impossible though either. I'm talking about how tough it is, but also when we just take a step back and understand that Christ is sufficient, and we aim ourselves towards that, we're not fixed all the time. Our lives will not be without bumps, right? You'll get hit with those divorce things or a kid will die or you'll lose your job. I'm not saying you won't get any bumps, but it's it's a matter of what you do through those bumps that prove that you understand that Christ is sufficient. And you won't always do it perfectly, like I said, but you will try and you will do your best. And those people should come around you and say, hey, man, we love you. We're helping you. We're through you with we are with you through this process. And I think that's a big thing that um, is missing in a lot of businesses too. The well-being of people, right? All these people are come from different lives and different walks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're they're struggling with their own stuff. And sometimes you just gotta put your head down and plow through work, right? I get that. But there are days when it's it's tougher than others, and I think 
sometimes people don't understand that. <laughs> they, they, they have become so focused on the machine mentality of that people are dispensable that they forget that people are people and that some people function differently and some people um, function the exact same. And more than likely, you'll find that if that person is talking to that person about that, they function a lot, a lot of the same ways. And the same things that would be taking their legs out that day would impact the other person too, if it happened to them. But with all that being said, I think that um, I'll reemphasize that I think that um, our our understanding and our ability um, to put Christ at the forefront of our hearts and our minds and our daily walk is so important. And like I said, and have been saying that has such a tremendous um, ramification, like the ramifications of that play out in all of those spheres of life of social, personal, and work. And uh, I think the sooner we realize that, um, not just as individuals, but as everyone, um, the better off we'll be in general, because that's what God calls us to do, right? And it's not, you know, if you guys are not Christians and you're listening into this, I don't want you to think that... um, that I'm just saying these things because that's what God calls us to do, right? I, I don't want to keep saying that and you think that that's, you know, you know that's, that's what God calls us to do. That's what he does, calls us to do. But there's reasoning behind it. And if you sit down and think about that reasoning, you'll see exactly why God did this. Not in every single situation because you don't need that in every situ- situation. But you'll see that we're called to live a certain way because... God knew that was best for us and we just didn't. <laughs> and I think that's something that it's 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 easy to say for me right now and someone else would be like that's that's a load of, of crap. Like you brainwashed Christians. Like go figure it out yourself, dude. Or do that. Like do some thinking on that. Think about how why those things have such a tremendous impact on, on um, and why you should make an impact in the first place. I think these are a lot of the, that self-knowledge thing that I was talking about earlier. It, it's, it's not just a self-knowledge that I think is important. While that is incredibly important because that leads you to a better understanding of humanity, but the understanding of humanity is also a dramatic thing that you need to figure out because most people don't have that figured out because they've never taken that first step of understanding themselves and understanding that their broken humanity is a lot like the broken humanity other people experience. And because they don't even understand that, they can't even understand other people. So they just keep living in their brokenness. And that's a lot to unpack. And there's so much involved in all of that. And there are just, man, I could you could unpack that for 10 episodes right there. Honestly, if you if you break it all down, but I I just I really encourage people to go out and um, as they go through their daily life, think about that kind of stuff and meet the needs of the other person before yourself. Um, 
But if you guys have conflicting uh, views on that, I'd love to hear them. Love it. So please reach out to me in some way. Um, I'm going to try and set up an email to where you guys can shoot emails to me or uh, I haven't totally figured out how to do this. I'm I'm recording these podcasts prior to actually setting some stuff up. So I'm still trying to figure it out. But either way, it'll be very clear on how to to, uh, reach out to me, whether that will be um, um, I'll add it in later. Like I'll put a little blurb at the end or something or um, either way, I'll figure it out. It's probably just going to be an email that you guys can shoot me an email and we can, excuse me, dialogue back and forth and whatever it needs to be. Or if you guys have prayers, I love to pray for you guys. So send it that, send that my way too, or just things you've been working on and, or need encouragement about just reach out to me and I'll, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for you guys today. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was very off topic maybe in some ways, but I think that one of the things I meant to say earlier at the beginning is that if you look at, um, First of all, if you haven't listened to that first episode, this this could be uh, a bit confusing. But so basically, what I did was in the first episode, I laid out six topics um, for the most part, well, seven including this intro. And in those six topics, you uh, you see how they fit together. They cross paths in very different ways if you break down what they are, what they're talking about. Um, and they're part of the Christian life, the Christian walk. And they have tremendous impact on, man, there's that word impact again. They have tremendous impact on uh, our, our, uh, our work life, our daily life. And those three categories is home or the, the personal, social and work. And um, if you look at them and see how that's, that's such a good um, critical, critical thinking technique. And uh, it will tremendously enhance your ability to do that think critically on things and think systemically is if you write all that stuff out do research on each of them like extensive about what christianity says on each of those and kind of what they look like and i can even help you guys with that if you want to reach out i can give you resources on that um i've already done a lot of it pretty much all of it myself so um if you want to do that if you want to hear that you can reach out to me or if you want to do it yourself, make that your own journey, but write it all out and see how it all intertwines and connects because that's so important in understanding how each of those things play out and and go in our daily life. Um, but I'm really just rambling now, if you couldn't tell, not because I'm intentionally doing that, but just because that's how I am. But uh, I appreciate you guys being here. Honestly, this is my second episode and... Uh, so far, I think they're going pretty well. So if you guys um, want to get in touch with me, I'll figure out a way to do that. And then I'll I'll add it in because right now I'm not really sure exactly. But um, if you do, that's awesome. That's great. If you're just kind of a background listener, that's great too. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care.